I believe that people buy from companies that they know, like, and trust. When I think about social, I want to be able to say, hey, you know what? What happens in the scenarios where they might like you and they might trust you, but they just don't know you? Like you're coming in just a little cold. So what do you do? Welcome to the Making Sales Social podcast. Featuring the top voices in sales, marketing, and business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, as we each bring you the best tips and strategies our guests are teaching their clients, so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Making Sales Social. I am so excited about today's guest. This gentleman I have been working with probably for more than 10 years on and off. We've been in each other's orbit. I love the work that he and his team are doing and his his company is going crazy. Chris Carr is the founder and CEO of Farotech, an award-winning digital marketing agency. Farotech is in the Inc. 500 fastest growing private companies in America by MarTech is Philadelphia 100 fastest growing companies in Philadelphia, which by the way, I long time ago was on the board of, that is a very hard award to get. So congratulations on that. Uh, Farotech is a contributor to Forbes and uh, Chris is on the Forbes Agency Council and has been a keynote speaker at a variety of events, including SEMrush, Expertech, and the International Trade Association. He's also the host of two, not just one, two podcasts, Thought Leader Magazine and Digital Marketing Masterclass. Chris, welcome to Making Sales Social. All right. Thanks. This is great. Happy to be here. Ah, thrilled to have you. So we start our podcast with everyone with the very question of what does making sales social mean to you? Awesome. Well, you're probably going to get the most thorough answer possible because I got this question in, in advance. And I've been thinking about it all morning. So okay. here it goes. So I, you know, I believe that people buy from companies that they know, like, and trust. And so I'm sure that your listeners have heard that a million times. So what I wanted to do was break this down a little bit more. When I think about social, I want to be able to say, hey, you know what? What happens in the scenarios where they might like you, right? And they might trust you, but they just don't know you. Like you're coming in just a little cold. So what do you do? All right. And so I broke this down into about nine different steps. And I'm sorry if I'm long-winded. I'll get it out. And I'm sure that we have tons to talk about. The first one is you have to earn the right to be heard. All right. And so what I mean by that is, is that when you do that, I recommend whether you're doing it in video or you're providing data or whatever that is, you have to make sure that whatever your ask is, is way, 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 way down on your priorities. And sometimes you don't even get to ask it at all. What you're trying to do is you're trying to earn trust here. All right. And so that's one of the things that you do is, is that you have to make sure that in your mind, before you even start the process, you have to know, I want to earn the right to be heard. The next thing, if they're cold and they don't know you, you have to bridge the gap. And what I mean by that is, is I would say, hey, the reason why I'm reaching out to you is because one, I might've helped companies in your industry with innovations that you might not know about. Or I LinkedIn, looked at your LinkedIn and I see that you are connected with Bryn Tillman and we've helped Bryn do X, Y, and Z. And so these are the things what you're trying to do is you're trying to bring that connection closer. Number three is you have to ask for the right to be heard. And now keep in mind that you might get less responses, but the quality 
of what you pitch next doubles, maybe even triples. And so what that means is, Bob, it was, you know, I bridged the gap. I've done all the things I've done in step one, two, and three. But before I just vomit and send my sales pitch to you, slide a deck to you, slide an offer to you, I actually ask you for the right to give it to you. And what I'm saying, and this is what I learned from you, is it's like saying, if they say yes, I would like to hear it, that opens the door to a conversation. It's very insulting for me to be like, Brent, I got answers all your problems. Here's your book. Here's my white paper. Da, 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 da. And even if that white paper had tremendous value, you're like, dude, I never asked for that. So like back off, you're freaking me out. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yeah, that that permission is yeah. it's huge. And huge. It, and that starts to add to the trust. But keep going. I love this. Yep. The next thing is if they say yes, seize the moment. What I mean by that is bring value, answer quickly, bring value mm-hmm. and spoon feed it so that it's painfully easy for them to take the first step. And that is my next one down is make the first step easy. Don't say buy now. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about buy it. Buy my stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then, um, so you know. Can I ask you real quick? Yeah, how, sure. how do you do that? What kind of call to action is easy to yep. start the, that journey going? Yep. I mean, I would be unassuming. And what I mean by that is I'll say, let's see if this is a good fit for you as opposed to buy now, because you don't know there it's a good fit. And if I can give a demo, I give a demo or a trial, or I give you consultation hours. There's things that I can do for free that make it painfully easier than please get out your checkbook. So it's funny. I I will often say, I'm not sure if you're exploring this, but if you are. Exactly. And that, so that, I think that kind of aligns with what you're saying. But when we ask, Hey, I don't know if you're exploring this, but if you are, and that takes that pressure off. Yeah. And it's always in your mind, you're always saying, what phrase or call to action can I say that disarms as opposed to makes them think, oh, I got to make a decision right now because nobody yeah. wants to be forced into a decision. It's, yeah. it's psychological and warfare, but you know. One of the things I think I probably learned from you at one point, bringing in mm-hmm. full circle here, is even have a step between before you even ask for that free consultation where you're providing content or an ebook or some kind of value that yeah. qualifies them before we even ask for that call. Yep. I would that, agree I mean, a thousand, a thousand percent. Anything yeah. that you can give to get, give. All right. Uh, All right next. That, be over transparent. I think a lot of people always like think that they're, they're going to give away their trade secrets. I promise you, if they're doing their due diligence, they're looking at your competitors anyway. They probably know the prices of your competitors anyway. And you think that, you know what, I just want to clutch all my pearls. You know what? I Honestly, we're in a very different world than the one you probably did when you started this business. We are already in a world where you give to get. It's an expectation now. And so if you hold that back, they think you have something to hide. I'm literally launched my prices on my website, which is weird for a digital marketing agency to do, but I wanted to be upfront. I'm going to say, this is my whole process. These are all my prices. And you're asking, why does it cost $1,200 for me to write a single blog? And I just literally say behind the curtain, these are the people that have to touch it. These are the writer qualifications you need to have. These are the graphics I need to have. This is the research I need to do. All of that goes into the pot. And that's why I charge what I charge. You know, Great. could my competitor steal that verbatim? Sure, but go ahead, try. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I, I always believe the more you give away, the more they realize they need you. 
Yeah. You know, and it's almost like one of those things that like, you're almost saying I have nothing to hide. And I learned this from Marcus Sheridan. It's like, when you can knock down all of their barriers, the only thing left is trust. And I swear that people want to buy from you that they know, like, and trust. So do you know what author coined that phrase? No, I don't. Bob Berg in his book, Endless Referrals, which is on my bookshelf, all things being equal, people do business with and refer people they know, Mm. like, and trust. And that has become probably the most popular sales and marketing saying of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, it's so funny though, because it rolls off your tongue, but I swear it's just like, if you think in your mind, every time you pitch someone, I want you to like me, but do you even know me? And why would you trust me? And if I can't figure out any one of those two things, like maybe I'm going to be, maybe I'm going to freak you out because Mm -hmm. I'm just coming in missing two of the critical ingredients. Well, you know, it's funny because what you do is not funny. It is, it's Mm -hmm. awesome. What you do is the steps that get them there. So on social, we talked about how do you get to know on social? Well, Mm -hmm. it's attract, teach, and engage. Mm. right? And how do you attract and teach content, right? And engagement is asking for their input or engaging on their content, but Mm -hmm. we can't get to know on social without being a resource. How are they going to know us? Yep. Yep. Right. So I love that. Three more are give more than you, than you were asked for. If they want to download an ebook from you, give them an ebook and oh, a bonus white paper. If they want to have it in ebook format, also create it in video format because some people like to watch videos. I like to watch videos mm-hmm. and it's terrible because I'm a CEO, but I hate to read if I don't have to. I read what I have to, not what I want to. That's because you're a multitasker. You're watching and absorbing yeah. the video while you're doing your emails. So yeah. you can get two things done at the same time. Yep. That's- yeah. That's- <laughs> yep. Um, if they do work with you, thank profusely. And what I mean by that is, is that not only am I being extremely grateful. What I want to be able to do is I like to do something when you're paying for my marketing services. The first thing they do once they buy is I send them all of my connections that I have either on LinkedIn or on Facebook, whatever it is, and say, look, these are the people that I hopefully I know these people before I even start on your marketing, right? Like, tell me who you want to know. And I'll try to, I'll try to bridge that gap. Cause if I can pay for the first month of service, simply through one introduction, That's what I want to do. So I don't want to just say thanks. I want to show thanks by giving. Chris, that is brilliant. Yeah. And if you start to see that in some of my training, (laughs) the brilliant part, and I do it, I offer it all Mm -hmm. the time. I'll offer any of my clients can look through my connections, but to say if my introductions can literally Mm -hmm. pay for my monthly fees. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was my mic drop moment. I hope uh, the listeners, uh, they get that. How big is that? None yeah. of your competitors are doing that. <laughs> Doesn't matter what your price is if your introductions covers it. That's the deal. That's the hope, right? It's like popcorn in my brain right now. Mm. Oh, that's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, I, I, and I, I think what happens is, is that if you ever read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, he says his wife wanted this car and she said, I can't afford that. And he said, no, that's the way poor people talk. Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. 
Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in. Rich people say, how can I afford it? So when I come to you and I say, will you buy my services? And they say, ah, you know, it might be out of my budget. I want to be able to say, this is how you can afford my services. This is what you're going to get right out of the gate. There's 10 introductions I'm going to make tomorrow. Yeah. I have chills. (laughs) I mean, really like that's a game changer. And I, and do I have permission publicly to use it? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Love it. And then if you do a good job, ask for more opportunities because people that give, give often and other people that don't give, don't give very much. And so what I mean by that is, is that there's going to be a handful full of people that you reach out to and they just, they're, they refer it's in their nature. They, they find something cool and they want to share it. You know, um, I'm an over sharer on social media because I find an idea and I like, I want the world to know, you know what I mean? There's other people that just use social media and they just consume, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when you're giving that ask, and you're not getting it. It's not because you didn't bring value. It's because it's in the DNA of the person you're asking that they're just like, I don't do that. And that's okay. You know, because it's just, it's, it's a little bit of a numbers game, Mm -hmm. but if you put all your eggs in one basket and the DNA of the person is there and they just don't want to give that's, that's life. There's a lot of fish in the sea. Yeah. There, there are so many opportunities out there, especially when you can make your offer there's no way to, how can anyone turn that down when you think about it, mm-hmm. right? How can anyone say, hey, I'm going to get all these amazing services and it's going to pay for itself just in introductions and, mm-hmm. and the new clients I can bring on, not even having used your service yet. You've got a client forever. That's the ideal. We have a, over a 96% retention rate. And I think it's just some of these ingredients that just people really gravitate. So let's talk about that for a moment and and Mm -hmm. we'll go a little over. I'm happy to do it. Let's just talk about when a company comes to you and there's a CEO, it's a small company, maybe they have 30 employees. They might Mm -hmm. have one marketing person that's doing emails and maybe touches some of that because I think that's pretty much your perfect customer, right? So now they come to you and I one of the things you've done, because I've referred you business and I know that Mm -hmm. one of the things that you do phenomenally well is you do an audit of what they're doing today. So yeah. talk a little bit about what you're looking for around what they're doing and not doing. Yeah, well, I mean, the challenge that we have here, and this is just kind of showing you how my industry works, is, is that you might come to any marketing agency and say, I have a problem. And usually the problem's always the same. We're not getting enough leads and we're not getting enough opportunities. And then that marketing agency is gonna be like, you know what, I agree with you and Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open up the same software that all of us have. And I'm going to be like, you know what? Get 96 errors on your homepage alone. And you have no marketing automation and you don't have this and you don't have this. All right. And in 30 minutes, the software is agreeing with that bias. And you're like, okay, cool. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to go get you those things. All right. Well, in my mind, I'm like, if I went to a, a primary care physician and he took one EKG and was just like, man, we got to get you in for some heart surgery. I'd be like, no way. I mean, like, I'm going to need way more testing than your simple EKG. All right. So what we do, we do is a a 10 week gap assessment before I even show you or talk to you about your problem. I want to show you through data where your gaps are, where your opportunities are, you know, how to build a three to five year roadmap to reach your goals. Because ultimately we believe that 
that reaching your goals is about numbers. And so what I want to be able to say is, if you want to grow by $10 million, I have to figure out how many sales end up sales does it take to get to $10 million? So that's in sales. Then I got to figure out, hey, how many leads does it take to get a sale? And then once I know that, I'm going to say, how many visits does it take to get a lead? And then ultimately, how many visits does it take to reach your goals? It's like it worked backwards all the way to a visitation number and it's quantifiable. That's great. So that's awesome. And then, okay, so now you've identified real things, not just EKG things, right? So you've identified real opportunities. What's the next step? Do you go, okay, let's get some content done. Let's revamp. Yeah, you know, it really... So one of the things that that we always say, well, we've been saying, and I've been been kind of quoting this lately, is, is that a lot of times when I go to a company, I look at their story and their message and their mousetrap and their mousetrap is usually their website. All right. So I'm going to quote two different things. The first one is by Barry Feldman. And he says, your website is the mousetrap and your content is the cheese. Ooh, pretty cool, right? I love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. The problem is, is that I look at a lot of people's marketing. And I look at a lot of their website and I'm like, you know what? If this was a bucket, you've got a hole in your bucket and water's pouring out faster than you could ever imagine. But you're coming to me asking for more water. Right. I mean, what if I win? What if I win? It's just going to go right out the bottom. So first I got to lock down your message. I got to lock down your story. I got to get the mousetrap to work. I need to get it so that any leads that come to your website, I can track them, engage them, score them and arm your sales team. Then I figure out how to bring traffic. That's an amazing (laughs) image, right? Like I picture... I even picture like the little box with the mouse and then they can get through the the bars, right? Like I ate my cheese and I can leave. It's one of those things though, that everyone wants traffic because they want to play by the same numbers. So if I have 10,000 visitors at a 2% conversion rate, right? And I say I'm getting, man, I'm going to blow these numbers up, but let's say hypothetically I'm getting, I want, um, and I'm getting 2% conversion rate off of 10,000. And you know what? The boss wants me to double that. A lot of times we think I need to get more traffic. I need to get more traffic. But nine times out of 10, exactly the 20,000, but nine times out of 10, if you you just get to your conversion rate, I can increase my conversion rate by 1%. I don't need to double my traffic. I I can close more off that same 10%. And what do you think is more cost-effective? Conversion rate or doubling your traffic? Conversion rate every single time. But we're not, we don't think that way. We think like traffic, traffic, traffic. It's like, Water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink. Like it'll always be seawater. If if your key metric is traffic, you will never be quenched. This is awesome. All right. So we have, you know, lots of solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, business leaders of small businesses and small teams. What's the first thing they should do mm-hmm. before they call you? So what should they do? Right. So if they mm-hmm. go, okay. Well, so they're thinking, guys out there, you're thinking yep. probably one of three things. This was awesome, but I'm not going to do anything, right? <laughs> the yep. second thing is, this is awesome. I'm going to send it to my marketing team and I'm going to have them try to implement it. And maybe they can. Mm-hmm. Or number three is I really need to do this and talk to Chris, right? Mm-hmm. Like those are the three things that our listeners, mm-hmm. the, you guys listening are going to take away mm-hmm. from this. I like so, number three. <laughs> right. Sure. Of course. So, but, but what I'm going to ask you for is for the number twos, the ones that are going to go do this, what should the first thing they do? Right. Well, Let's give them a gift. Step number one is you have to look at your resources. And what I mean by that is commonly the people in-house and say, do I have the subject matter expertise or the time to do the critical parts of marketing? 
because you'll talk to your sales team and you'll say, hey, am I on the first page of Google? They'll say, no, but it's on our list. Or, you know, am I winning in social? No, but it's on my list. Do we have an email um, data? Do we have a database full of, of leads and opportunities, you know, to, to develop a, a significant newsletter? No, but it's on my list. But we are putting out PowerPoints and we are ready for the convention and we are ready. We're doing great things, but we're not building the machine underneath that compounds. And so in theory, we're doing something I call RAM, which is random acts of marketing. It's still marketing. It's still great, but it commonly never compounds. So that's the thing is you got to have sober judgment. That's step number one. All right. And then step number two is you're going to have to say, would I rather hire internally, which is very expensive, or would I rather work with an agency that already has the subject matter experts that I could buy only for the time that I need them? If hiring internally is the way you want to do it, great. If you've got money to spend, great. But I think that there's so much subject matter expertise needed in every single level, right? That, you know what? Hiring someone that can do it for you is, is, is the name of the game. And then pr- finally, if you are going to do it in-house, don't assume that your team can do it without training. And so like, you know, this is a throwback to you. It's just like, you know what, like, sure, they might be able to do your plumbing, but the chances of the water leaking because they literally watched a YouTube video is very, very high. When they could come to someone like you, get expertly trained, get workbooks, look at tools, grade their progress, have regular check-ins. All those things are possible, right? But the CEO doesn't know what what their own people know. And so what I want to know is just like, if my model is to hire internal people, they better be armed. And if, if I can make a $3,000 investment or an $8,000 investment that will triple simply, you know, simply because my people know their stuff, that's a no brainer. Well, I'd say the biggest challenge I face when I go into a company mm-hmm. that has a sales team is they don't have the right content in place to start conversations with people that don't know they need them yet. They have content about my products and services, our features and benefits. I can tell you all the things about our competitive advantages, but your salespeople are Mm -hmm. out there selling to people that are not actively looking for your solution. So the content gap that you fill for a lot of people Mm -hmm. is that piece that gets them to go, oh, that's interesting. I haven't thought about it that way. And boy, that would look good in my company, or I should explore that a little bit more. And so when you have that kind of thought leadership in your marketing, you're arming your sales professionals to start conversations around needs, around uh, topics that Mm -hmm. get their juices going, that get them thinking that start to lead to your solution. So I think you do a brilliant job of that. And that's Mm -hmm. all I'm going to say about that. Chris, how can people get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, you can reach out to us at info at Um, You can also go to digitalmarketingmasterclass.com. That's our podcast. And um, the number one channel I try to use is YouTube. Um, I, I'm obsessed with teaching. And so every time I can basically learn something that we used that's worked for our companies or our clients, it's just a matter of time before I publish it. Awesome. Chris, thank you so much. Yep. I so enjoyed having you here. And uh, I know that our listeners are taking fast and furious notes. Guys, reach out to Chris. He is on LinkedIn. Let him know that you heard him here. (laughs) When when you guys are out and about, make sure that you're making your sales social. 
Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.